Hi, I'm Beck. And I'm Paul. And this is DVD Clutter. Welcome, one and all, back to DVD Clutter, the podcast about DVDs and decluttering. Yes, as maybe you picked up on that. Yeah. When you were scrolling through your fucking <laughs> podcast thing. Sorry, my brain's not working. I'm just going to be up front. It's I'm all right. quite ill again, and uh, so I may not make sense this episode. If only you were genetically modified to not oh get tonsillitis. It is so true. Yeah. Something is definitely wrong with my genetics. I don't know what it is. <laughs> we will explore. <laughs> So, in this podcast, we go through our old DVD collections, we rewatch them, we discuss them, and then we decide whether they are kept, yep. they're sent to an op shop, yep. or they're locked in a household incinerator. <laughs> Just your average household yep. incinerator, you know, that you have, I have, everyone <laughs> has. And left to burn. That's right. If that's not clue enough for you and you didn't study VCE English in 2005. Or just go to school in Victoria between the years of since the, the 2000, release. Yeah. <laughs> 2010. We are doing the film Gattaca, mm. a VCE favourite. Oh yeah. Did you do this movie? No, I I avoided it at school. Mm-hmm. It was done in science uh, oh, in really? year 8 or 9. So they weren't doing it in English at that point? I think they were later oh, on. Yeah. But I had music lessons for most of it and didn't watch much of it. Oh. And then um, I was in a different class. One class did Gattaca when I was in year 11, I feel. Yeah. But we did Citizen Kane in my class. So two classes did different texts. Yeah. Whoa, that is unheard of. Yeah. It shouldn't be like that, should it? Isn't that what Hattie's always going on about? You know, the, the difference between classrooms is the biggest problem. I, we, we need to get I, consistency across the classrooms. I don't know. As a student, I didn't have a lot of control <laughs> over the curriculum. And I quite like the well, film I'm Citizen not, Kane. I'm, so. not, I'm not having a go at you. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, nowadays, that yeah. would be very frowned upon. Yes. Our hero, John Hattie, would say no. Yes. Um, for those of you interested in John Hattie, which I doubt. <laughs> or teaching in any way. Um, look him up. Don't look him up. He's yeah. not worth it. <laughs> anyway, sorry, John, if you're listening. <laughs> Yes, the film is Gattaca, and it is your film. It's one of mine, yep. Yeah. Yep. I guess, are you asking me how I got it? Oh, that's just it. Yeah, we'll run into how it came into your life. So, this is in my box of DVDs that I've gone through, like, a couple times to try and get rid of some, and then before we decided to do the podcast, Mm. obviously. Yeah. And I honestly can't remember how we got it, but... So, I didn't study this in, in VCE... But I think only because... No, they did break Morant in my year, but I think it had just gone out. Mm. So the year 12s had stopped studying it when I was in year 12 and started studying a different movie. Yeah. Um, but I didn't do English in year 12. I only did literature. So Nerd. <laughs> I think what you mean is cool. <laughs> so I, didn't, I never studied this in English, which is maybe one of the reasons that I still kept it and enjoyed it as a mm. film because I watched it when my sister did year 12 English. Yeah. I think that's how like I watched it initially and probably how I've ended up with the DVD. So I feel like we probably bought it for her to study at home when she was doing year 12 and then I've just kept it since then. Or alternatively, I could have watched it then and then liked it and seen it on sale and just bought it. I honestly can't remember. So Anna, when you listen to this, please let me know. It's got a 
995 sticker on the back, but it doesn't say where you bought it from. It doesn't say. So I feel like that labeling I to me feels like X rental. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think X rental. Yeah. So yeah, and it's not a particularly good edition that I've got. It, there's no special features. There's oh. nothing on it besides the actual movie itself. Mm. So my favorite bit of it is on the back. So it just it's just basically got the front cover on the front, obviously. Picture of Ethan Hawke, Irma Thurman, and Jude Law, the star, our stars of the film. But then on the back, as one of the taglines, it says, the science fiction story that... <laughs> I can't say it without laughing. On the back, it says, the science fiction story that could soon be science fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Have you heard of that? Science fact. Uh, I have heard of some science facts. You have heard of science yeah. facts. Oh, well, that's yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, so I don't... Like, I think I've always liked this because it's sci-fi and I like sci-fi. And mm. I, it kind of delves into ethics and into philosophy and that the, the ethics style of philosophy, which I did a little bit of at uni and really enjoyed. So, yeah, I think that's why I kept it. Brilliant. The end. Yeah, so it, I guess it now it's up to me to run us through the plot of Gattaca. Please. I'm going to put in some... Like, people who listen to this podcast know that we go sometimes to our detriment into a lot of detail with these plot <laughs> descriptions so there's going to be spoilers i just feel like with this movie because there is a, a bit of a twist at the end that i have to give out the spoiler warning more so than usual oh what's the twist we'll get to it oh okay <laughs> maybe you're gonna spoil it for me <laughs> fuck uh, so basically we're in the not too distant future yeah so it says not too distant future it's all like 50s aesthetic but futuristic yeah yeah, yeah. um and we should say it was made in, in the 1997 oh, 1997 yeah. and um the semi past aesthetic is something that um andrew nicole has experimented with a lot in his writing and directing career too so we can talk about that as that's the director yeah so yeah, yeah. and writer and writer <laughs> um, um i really liked that aesthetic oh it's brilliant it's very Classy. Yes, we'll talk about that in a bit. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Get to the plot. Not too distant future. Uh, we meet this guy named Jerome. Jerome. He's working for a NASA equivalent yep. thing. Um, called Gattaca. Called Gattaca. Yeah. Going to go to space. Yep. You sort of introduced to him. He's getting a lot of tests for like his his blood, his urine. But as commonplace. Yeah. Like they're all everyone's everyone getting is, tested. Yeah. Um, and you find out he's Jerome, and you also find out that he's really good at his job. Yeah. And he's going to be going to space soon. Yeah. Um, you also see that he's nice and neat and tidy. Yeah. He's then, like got a little vacuum cleaner. He vacuums his keyboard. Yeah. After he uses it. Then we get a little glimpse of a dead body. Yeah. And we get this brilliant voiceover part yep. from Ethan Hawke, who we think's Jerome. Yeah. But he basically just says, "I'm not Jerome." Yeah. That's how he starts his voiceover. Yeah. And we find out that in the future. Basically, you can order the kind of child you're going to have. Yep. You can get it genetically engineered. Yeah. Or the the way that the um, geneticist puts it in the film, I think it's the you can get the best. Yeah. You. He's like, think of it. Still think of it like it's your, it's you, parts of you. Yeah. As in the parents, but the best of you. Yeah. Yeah. So we find out his name isn't Jerome, but it is actually Vincent. Yep. Uh, he was. His parents decided to have a natural birth and yep. he got born. Yeah. And then straight away they could tell that he had a 99% chance of dying before 30 from a heart yep. condition. Yeah. It's real sad because his dad's like, look, he can't have my name, then we'll call him Vincent. Yeah. He grows up. The parents decide to have another baby and they decide to design that one. Yeah. So that it's the best of 
both worlds. They yep. call that one Anton. Yep, after the father. Yep. As deserving of his father's name. So they grow up, the siblings have a rivalry, and of course Anton normally wins because yep. he's designed to win. Yeah, their their rivalry basically consists of them swimming yep. out as far into the ocean as they possibly can before someone gets scared and swims back. Yep. And normally that's Vincent. Yeah. Um, all the time that's Vincent, actually. Vincent really wants to join Gattaca and go to space, and everyone's like, nah. Especially his dad's like, you got to realise there's no way you can do that, you yeah. stupid no, Be idiot. realistic, come yeah. on. They're never going to take you. And to a certain extent, they are being truthful because it's not mm. just that he's not smart enough, it's that... He's going to die. Well, he's going to die, and all of these institutions judge you on your genetics. Excuse the beep. Um, Judge you on your genetics. So, you know, before you even have a job interview, they look at your genetics, they test your genetics to see what you're likely to die of, if your heart is good, whatever, whatever. Yeah, which is technically illegal. It's um, discrimination on genetics, which is... But by the sounds of it, in this semi-futuristic world... It's illegal, but everyone, everyone does it. turns a blind yeah. eye. Yeah. So Vincent gets downtrodden. He's going to leave home. He decides to race his brother one more time. Yeah. And he wins. Yeah. Which is like crazy. He's not supposed to be able to do that. Yeah. And his brother actually starts to drown, and Vincent saves, saves his him. brother. Then Vincent leaves home. Yeah. You find out that he got a job at Gattaca, but he was as a cleaner. Yeah. But he like watched all the space launches and was like, I really want to be here. Yeah. So he decides to spend a great deal of money to adopt a new identity, the yep. identity of this guy named Jerome played by Jude Law. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerome, the original, the OG, yep. was... His middle des- name is Eugene. Do yes. we want to just call him Eugene yeah, from now on? Yeah, that's it. Yep. Was designed to be a champion, yep. um, except he became an alcoholic, yep. got hit by a car. Slash threw himself in front of a car, yep. as we find out later. As we find out later. But no one knew about it because it was overseas. Yeah. So there's this guy, played by Monk. Yeah. Um, you know the TV show Monk? No. Oh, anyway, the guy who plays Monk in Monk plays the guy that comes in and says, cool, we're going to set you up so that you're going to adopt the, I guess, the, the life of yep. Jerome. Yeah. And in exchange for that, you have to look after Eugene. Yeah. The original Jerome. Yeah. So he, he, you know, you'll get this job at Gadagar and you'll get paid really well. You'll, you know, will basically trick the system into believing you are this person called Jerome who is a valid, in quotation, because mm. they, they call the... Um, the babies who have been born with genetic engineering, they call them valids, and all the other babies, the natural birth babies, are invalids. Yeah. Which is systemic discrimination, surely, but... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, Jerome gets the job. Eugene keeps helping him out, provides urine samples, provides blood, mm-hmm. provides um, recordings of his heartbeat. Yeah. Exfoliations uh, yeah. of his skin cells to yeah. leave around. Jerome has to wake up every morning and strip himself of all the, his sort of loose Vincent de- DNA yeah. Yeah. and sort of cover himself in Jerome DNA. Yeah. But this is all working all right. Yeah. We cut back to that moment where we saw the body yeah. and the mission director of uh, Jerome's mission to Titan, yeah, one of Saturn's one of, moons. Yeah. Uh, has been brutally murdered. Yeah. We he... haven't really been introduced to this person, had we? No. Yeah. We've been introduced to the person one step below him mm. who told Jerome that he was going to go on the next flight. Yeah. But we hadn't been introduced to this top mission director. And really, Jerome's a bit like, eh. Uh, he goes home and he tells Eugene, he's like, hey, man, I'm going to Titan. This has all worked out well. But there's also been a murder. I'm not too worried about it, though, especially because this guy that got murdered was thinking about stopping my, this mission, so that's now fine. Now there's nothing stopping it. Yeah. yeah. All's going well, except Jerome scratched his eye while he was looking at the body, 
and now there is this eyelash belonging to Vincent yeah. on the scene. Yeah. And the cops, played by Alan Arkin and Loren Dean, see that there's this invalid eyelash in there. Yeah. And they're like, well... That must be it. That must be him. These so we're perfect, going to search for him. These perfect, humans can't have made, made yeah. a murder. Done a murder. And Loren Dean's character... Uh, who's one of the detectives called... Oh, I don't want to give his name away because yeah. <laughs> it gives away the twist. Is that the twist? Yeah, that's uh-huh. it. Okay. Um, he seems really like shook by this invalid. Yeah. Alive. But he also doesn't want to pursue it. He's like, yeah. doesn't mean that that's the murderer just because there's an in, like, invalid. There, invalid. Yeah. It could have been one of these people who are, are genetically engineered. Let's look at the surroundings. Let's stay within... So there's that murder investigation going on. Jerome starts to get a bit freaked out by this because he's like, oof, you know, they could be on to me. Because he's he's, essentially, they've put wanted posters up Mm. for him. His, you know, his actual self, not his Jerome self, his Vincent self. So that's all a bit of a worry. Meanwhile, Uma Uma Thurman's character, uh, she also works at Gattaca. That's Irene. She has the hots for Jerome. Jerome. She sneaks a bit of his DNA. Yeah. Gets it tested and yeah. finds out that he is super perfect. And she's a bit like, oh, he's out of my league. Because turns out she's not super perfect. No. She has a chance of a heart condition. Yes. A much smaller chance than Vincent did. Yep. But she's ended up with the heart condition. Yeah. So she's not going to go to space. No. But she still works at Gattaca. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Then I guess the rest of the film, <laughs> really rocketing through it here. Yeah, please. Is the pursuit. Cat and mouse. Yeah, cat and mouse of the police officers going after... Jerome, yep. Jerome and Irene's relationship blossoming, yep. kind of, in a... It's, it's such a weird... Yeah. Like, why is she even there? That's it. it. It is kind of weird, but, oh, some of the scenes with her are, just, are outstanding to look at. Oh, They're like the great cinematography. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> that's, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a bit of that, until we find out that this main detective, not Alan Arkin, the one played by Lorraine, Lorraine is actually... Dun, dun, dun. Anton. And he's like, Vincent, we thought you were dead. Mum um, and dad have both died. Yeah. They died thinking they outlived you. You're in big trouble, mister. By this stage, Alan Arkin solved the crime and it wasn't actually Vincent, Vincent that did it. It no. was the other mission director who didn't want to lose this chance to go to Titan. Yep. It's fine. So Vincent's like, no harm, no foul, man. Like, I'm just going to go to a different just planet. let me live my life. And then Anton's like, shut up. I want to do a swimming race. He <laughs> <laughs> does. Yeah. And they do the swimming race again, and once again, Vincent beats him. Yep. And, and then Anton's like, how are you doing this? Yeah. And he goes, look, you just got to keep trying. Eat yeah. your veggies, kids. Eat your veggies. Yeah. Get that spinach into you. Yeah. Yeah, so... And then, then he goes to... He, he goes, goes to, to Titan. Titan. Oh, but there's the great moment at the end where it turns out the doctor that's been testing him to make sure that he's... Oh, that was sweet. Uh, really him. Sort of knew all along that yeah. it wasn't really him, but he's got a son that wants to beat the system too yeah so his son also i don't know if he was genetically engineered but then it didn't work out properly or if he wasn't genetically engineered you his son had some kind of thing that wouldn't make him acceptable in the modern this modern era um so he was like you know trying helping out jerome slash vincent um also original jerome eugene Eugene. um (laughs) climbs into into an incinerator and uh, burns himself to death because yeah. he's done. What an ending. Um, yeah. um, you know, and the thing is, when you break this down to its plot, and I'm going to go a bit into my review here, not too much though, it does sort of sound silly, but oh gosh, it is just so beautiful it's and really paced shot. so well yeah. that if you're not breaking it down with a fine tooth comb, yeah. you, the, none of this matters. So I don't yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll let you do your, I guess. Um, sure. 
my review first. Your review, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the aesthetics of this film are the best part of it. I think the the costuming, the locations, the setting, right the cinematography, from the, right from the opening um, credit sequence. Yeah. Got me thinking about the discussion we had about Dexter. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. That's yes. just beautiful. And just As in like, the title, how the title yeah. sequence like tunes you in for what the type of yeah. film it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I would watch that. Yeah. I'd watch a TV show. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that um, was like the yeah. the opening sequence is one of them, either Jerome or Eugene cutting their fingernails. Their fingernails, yeah. combing their hair and all these so close-ups of all the... Um, or macro? Yeah. What do you call it when it's that close? Micro. Micro. Because oh. there's macro photography, which is like... Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah sorry. Anyway, interesting about that title sequence. I don't know if you read up on this, no. but the cinematographer and the director really wanted to achieve this effect and couldn't do it just filming that close up. So they made giant nail clippings no. and that's what they're actually dropping really? and filming. It's like models Whoa, but in reverse. That is the best. Yeah. Wow. Um, so Because they just couldn't get that close up. Yeah. Which wow. I'm sure you can do these. Now or, you could. Yeah, or it didn't bounce in the correct way or it was too hard to sort of manage. So, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, just speaks to, I think, the effort that was put into the detail of yeah. this film. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll let you continue um, with your review. Yeah, I mean, overall, I should just say that I liked this film. I'm just looking at my notes and I think that a lot of them are negative. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I overall, I, I still really enjoyed this film because mm-hmm. of the nature of what it's talking about, the choices that you know, were presented at a certain point in life and maybe still presented later. But I feel like we've kind of come to a, an agreement as a society that playing around with genes isn't something to be taken have lightly. We though? <laughs> you don't think we have? I, I think things Well, maybe we're not even there yet. Yeah, I think we're getting closer to... Do you reckon? Mm. But this film played a huge role in making that conversation accessible to a public, I yeah. think, and has stopped certain stopped it just sort of being pushed upon people. I think people will be like, what about Gattaca? Yeah. <laughs> you know? That didn't turn out well, did it? Exactly. That, yeah. you know, that Ethan Hawke character had to, yeah, was yeah, discriminated. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's, it's, and the amount of, um, it, you can look it up online. I wish I had some specific examples, but it's been used a lot in the debate about it. Like people yeah. reference Gattaca and some of the lines from it. Wow. So it clearly had a, an impact. And yeah. I think more than a lot of other science fiction films in people's understanding of science or yeah. uh, I guess, um, trust, yeah trust of science yeah i think it's i mean i think it's a very real thing that we will have to come across at some stage i mean when this film was made they said it was in the not too distant future we are very much in the not too distant future mm. from 1997 oh the stuff's out there like this is you know. but we're not that society no no we're far from no. that society and because of this film i think we're because solely <laughs> down, yeah. it's solely down which is this interesting is a big claim completely flopped when it was released no one saw it really yeah it was just it just passed by people thought it was going to be an awards contender and it just wasn't which i think it just shows bias how did it get on the vce english list i don't know (laughs) it grew this cult following and now like people love it and you know again it's that cultural touchstone of science yeah but no one watched it when it came out the Apart from the art direction, which was nominated for an Academy Award, yeah, fair enough, because again, it is beautiful. Yeah, completely missed the Academy Awards. Wow, people didn't care about it, and then it sort of built slowly, and now you can say Gattaca, and people get what you talk about. Yeah, you know, it's it's so. I think most people would still know the film, mm. or at least know that you know Gattaca means it's about yeah. genetic engineering. Yeah. yeah. All right. So my. Notes. I said that. Oh, yeah. I just said I really like the fifties futuristic vibe. 
I said it's very kitschy, but I mm. liked it. And then I said, I guess there's been no progress in diversity in the workplace in those intervening <laughs> years no, right. from 1997. Yep. Still yeah. mostly, I mean, is there a person of colour in this film? I don't think so. Not in a, any major role at all. Which is, I found that really interesting because they talk about discrimination and they talk about, yeah, you know, they talk about discrimination in terms of genes, yeah. but they don't really. I thought that was very sort of targeted in, when he does say um, there's no longer discrimination on colour or yeah. that all the janitors that walk, that drove past were all middle-aged white guys. And yeah. I thought maybe that was an actual comment on saying like, look, now, like... But but then is he saying? But then I'm like confused because then I'm like, oh okay, so I guess it's okay to discriminate on race and gender, mm. but not on genetics. Yeah, I know that's not what they're probably not what they were going for, but it's just interesting that it was like they didn't even consider how it looked having a completely white cast. Yeah, when they were trying to talk about discrimination. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, you're you're right about that. Um, um. Anyway, a weird one. Also, just like yeah, if you can genetically engineer everyone to be perfect, you'd think there'd be a better gender balance yeah. in the workplace because yeah. everyone yeah everyone's but then obviously that's not i mean are you saying that genetically women and men aren't equal no no i'm saying the film but, but film the, doesn't the, think that through it's well no but i think the, like i think maybe the the minds the mindset of people and i, I just don't think they thought of, about it to why, be yeah why are none of the detectives at all women they're all yeah, men exactly. in coats with yeah hats. and the majority of people that we see there's a couple of women in there yeah. uma thurman's character are obviously one of them but there's like you know, maybe a third to a quarter of the amount of women to men that we see on the screen, if less. Again, and I think that might be like style over substance again, because having the detective force being all these men in these coats with these hats, like, you know, it was very like... But why can't a woman be in a coat with a hat? Yeah, I, I think it was just more like, and then all these coats and hats swarm it. Like, you know, it just yeah. wasn't, there wasn't that level of thinking to no, it. No, there think wasn't it was at very all. No. aesthetically minded. And, and also, I guess, yeah. I just, I don't know, I just... It wasn't the subject of their discussion, but no, I don't know how you can talk about discrimination without touching on the people who are most discriminated, who are people of colour. Yes. Spe- specifically women of colour. And I- arguably, maybe trans or gender diverse people more so than that. I don't think we're going to rank, um, <laughs> rank who's most discriminated here. No. But I, yeah, I do think if this film was made today... There's more people thinking about that sort of stuff, yes, which 100%. is a good. Not that we're perfect yet by no. any means. Oh, but... we are perfect. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> we as a society have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, I said the brother's an asshole, but I guess that's the point. Yeah. I found that sad, though. I mean, I think it's meant to be sad. It's mm. meant to be like that. I found it a bit irritating that the because I feel like the mother had some sympathy towards him and was like loving of him still, but did nothing to kind yeah. of well, righten that wrong. I, I thought about that too, but I kind of thought the vibe that I got from her was she was afraid for him, so Maybe, it yeah. wasn't so much. Yeah, that, she was yeah, literally like, "He's probably going to die, gonna die soon. I don't you have want to look him to after die. him." Yeah. yeah, which would be awful. Imagine knowing like you oh, have a kid the and then knowing thing. it's going to die. They literally in this opening, well, one of the early scenes when Vincent is born, they literally take a little bit of his blood and they print out this whole ream of information about how he's going to die, or like mm. how he's genetically probably yeah. gonna die his all these weaknesses which is just the worst thing to know you're in this joy of having a baby and then suddenly it's like you're thinking about how the baby's gonna die mm. great lovely yeah no it's awful again i said beautiful cinematography oh just so beautiful so, <laughs> so so good and then i wrote them pull-ups and then a shocked face because at one stage because jerome is like just out to prove himself he's like mm. working really really hard 
and he's doing like these crazy exercises. So there's one shot where he's just like got his legs up on the door frame thing. Doing he's pulling pull. himself up with an encyclopedia behind his yes, head. Yes, behind yeah. his head. Yeah. yeah, that was just like, man, that's good. We didn't talk. You didn't talk about this in the um, story breakdown, but the leg bit. This is the bit that I remember the most. So because Jerome. The original Jerome, oh, yeah. so Jude Law's character, Jerome... He's quite tall. He's quite tall. He's, like, over six foot. And poor old Vincent, slash the new Jerome, is not. He's, like, five-something. So he gets his legs chopped off, and then they insert more... No... How do they do it? So this is, like, an actual procedure. Tell me, please. They break the leg and then pull the bones apart, so then the, the bone grows back and right, heals. Okay, so, yeah... yeah it, it's an actual procedure that is oh, apparently really? incredibly painful. Yeah, so I remember that is like the one thing that I remember the most because it was so like uh, visceral. I don't know, like I could mm, just really you like... You can feel it. Yeah, yeah, it made me just... Great acting, Ethan Hawke. Great acting. He should <laughs> be in guy. more stuff. Well, what happened to him? Because he was in like so much and then... Well, because he did all those, um, you know, after yeah, sunset, yeah. before midnight. Which I actually was kind of annoyed at him. in the afternoon, <laughs> whatever, yeah. Five to with, four. With Linklater. Linklater just basically took him took in him. and said, <laughs> yeah. you're working with me now, buds. And, he, and he's like, yeah, well, I yeah, get paid, sure. yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know. um, and I get and to I, hang out in like all these beautiful locations. Yeah, sure, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I just felt annoyed at him because I know he got paid a lot more than his co-star, his female co-star, star in, not in this, in those the Lincaster films. I, I don't know about those. I've never seen the before I haven't seen sunset. Either, but... um, I remember talking to... A guy in my honors class who loved that trilogy. And I had that question. I was like, whatever happened to Ethan Hawke? And he was like, he's what happened to Ethan Hawke? <laughs> oh, Julie Delpy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know who she is? No. Oh, she's French. Yeah. She's been in a couple things. Anyway, he got paid heaps more than his female co-stars, which I don't know. I haven't seen the films, but it just annoyed me because yeah, sexism in the workplace. Yeah. Da, da, da. I mean, he may not have even known. Yeah. And look, I think a lot of that's institutional sexism, oh, where it's just the it's agent. Not, exactly. 100%. Yeah, people's agents will keep working till they can get as much as possible. Yeah. But do the agents think to keep working for, you know, is it that's like, oh, the most that a female star can get is yeah. this. I'll keep working the for that. The benchmark is here. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked this, that <laughs> he's, the invalids are called, uh, they're called degener- degenerates. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a degenerate. He's a degenerate. Yeah. Which I was just like. And that snuck in twice. <laughs> Once is sort of like a bit of a joke, just being like, Ugh, can you believe they call them degenerates? Yeah. And then later when he admits to Irene that he's um, an invalid, he says it again. And yeah. I just was like. Surely the script ended. It slide. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Exactly. The guy writing would be like, that is a great sort of pun. And I'm, I know it doesn't, it feels weird, but I'm going to keep it in. Yeah, but Because I'm proud of it. But don't. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe once, once. I really liked, so, so Eugene played by Jude Law. So he's like, he's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. He's doing his best. He's luckily now got this mate who lives with him, looks after him, whatever. He still dresses in a three-piece suit every day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know any alcoholics who do that. Don't no. know any alcoholics. I think. Um, but yeah. but you know, like, woof, is he well dressed? Oh God, yeah, um, very much so. And as much as like, clearly, alcoholism's bad, and you see some of the negative effects in this film of alcoholism. Yes. Like while watching it, I was like, man, I he could, keeps I it could, together. I can, I could really go some booze. <laughs> You know, it it's good. I've like written in my notes. Expensive I'm like, whiskey. It's kind of like a pro drinking film. Like <laughs> yeah. I, that's it. I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some whiskey now. Like, you know, 
There is booze There's everywhere. There's something about it. That, yeah. But then um, also somehow he manages to get... I mean, we have that one scene where he doesn't get clean samples. Like, mm. his, his urine is tainted with alcohol. But then he still manages to get some clean samples in there. Yeah. Um, Which for an alcoholic, that's pretty good. That's it. I liked Jude Law in this film. Yeah, same. I th- yeah. This is the first film that I was introduced to Jude this Law. This was one of his first ones. He must have been one of his really this early one of ones. His breakthrough ones. Because he was a bit of a tabloidy sort of like... With this crazy woman, folk, with that yeah, woman. that and yep. you know, getting angry at the press and sort of stuff. Um, and I think this was sort of right in the midst of that. Oh, I think the kickoff of sort of that, like, okay, you know, yeah, who's this English guy coming over to America? And yeah, yep. he's very handsome. Oh, he is very good looking. Yeah, mm. I would rate him. Oh, Ethan Hawke's pretty, pretty good um, too. No, Jude Law is well above Ethan Hawke. <clears throat> Ethan Hawke's like, let us know. Ethan, Ethan Hawke's not Jude unattractive, Law. but Jude Law is attractive. I think they're attractive in different ways. Jude Law's like a bit softer, but still like a bit broody. And no. Ethan Hawke is like nah. just real broody. Now, again, a classic Paul and Beck disagreement here. <laughs> I, I just don't think, no, I don't rate Ethan Hawke on the attractiveness scale. I don't, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's, you know, ugly. Do you know who's better than both of them? Uma Thurman. <laughs> Uma Thurman is very attractive. We all know that. Shall we talk about why she's in this film? I don't know. I mean, I guess they had to have... They wanted to have, like, a love interest and someone to, like, accept him as who he is. Yeah. And, like, show that it doesn't matter. I think they also needed someone on the inside to sort of, like, make that ending bit where it's the chase have an extra level to it yeah but yeah the, the romance is shoehorned oh and it's so cringy weird but oh that scene when they're on the roof and they're and he she gives him a hair yeah he's like the wind caught it yeah it just is so beautiful to watch that yeah you just... have to i think you should mute it yeah yeah so you don't have to hear the, the dialogue dialogue. Great. Yep. yeah yeah because their romance is very intense and yeah. they stare into each other's eyes a lot they don't talk much no. they just suddenly are in love and as much as i because I, I don't think I said I, I do really like this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just feel like it doesn't care about it. Like it doesn't no, care it's about. Not, like I, I don't. Like maybe it was put in there because some producer was like, "We need a love interest." Yeah. But it's not the point of the story. That. But you get like a a, a communal sigh from the film of ah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's exactly. this bit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because uh, I really I think you could take her character out and you would have essentially the same film. Yeah. Um, well, just take the love interest bit out because like having yeah, the, have having a friendship a, or someone a, a colleague a that's colleague. sort of like a bit in on it. Yeah. Would help out a lot and give that excitement in the scenes at the end, like that yeah. that bit right at the end. So there's a bit at the end where they've kind of discovered that he might be an invalid. Yeah. And they're going to go check on him in his house. Yeah. And then original Jerome has to be Jerome and. Yeah. It, it's all a big sort of chase, and she sort of facilitates that. Yeah. But yeah, the romance angle of it's just yeah unnecessary. unnecessary. Yeah, totally. Or maybe you could have the romance kind of start from that, and they have like a little interest in each other or something. But yeah. it's just so it's like that kind of romance that's from a different era of filmmaking. I feel yeah. where it's like the man and the woman look at each other and they stare intently into each other's eyes, and that's love. Yeah. And I think in our day and age, we understand love to be so different from that. And we know that there needs to be different connections than just looking into each other's eyes yeah. in a beautiful location. So but then it irritated me. The scene where they um, make love yeah. on in that house that's sort of on the shore of the beach yeah. is also 
goddamn beautiful to oh, watch yeah. too. So like <laughs> you can see. <laughs> but maybe you could just have them sitting overlooking over. Yeah. The... Or just just yeah, like just like um you know one of those real estate videos of that property. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't need any there. characters. Yeah. That's great. I also thought maybe you could have a romance between the Ethan Hawke, the Jude Law character. Yeah. That would have been nice because there's obviously a connection there, but maybe they wanted to think of that as more... I mean, obviously they wouldn't have, never have put a homosexual main character, yeah. but maybe they wanted to kind of have a, a replacement for his brother I think and is, mirror that kind of dynamic with his it brother. It comes back to that whole idea of... Um, queer representation on screen and as much as we're in the late 90s here it was just that category of what is gay and what isn't yeah and you know neither of these guys are flamboyant enough to be it yes know, that's so true yeah just completely uncomfortable yeah so if, you, if you're not gay presenting in terms yeah. of quotation marks in terms of being like camp camp yeah then you can't be gay yeah yeah how um, unfair. <laughs> I, know, I, I know, right? So rude. You're right. That would have. That's a more meaningful relationship. I think so. I think that's a very that's an intense relationship. Mm. Like that they have. They're basically becoming each other and yeah. doing. Oh man, risking that, their that lives for each other. Lot. That would have worked excellent because yeah. that whole idea of you are me becoming yeah. one together. Exactly. Is, yeah, that would have been brilliant. Yeah. Did you like? I got vibes of that at certain points, but I think that's me. My reading it with my yeah. queerness kind of taking over. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. God damn it, I forgot to take off my queer glasses again. <laughs> you leave them on all the time. <laughs> all the time. Um, what else did I have to say? <laughs> I just have a couple more things. Yeah, me Before too. we go to yours. Okay. Well, there's two things that I'll keep till later because I think there may be a bigger discussion. But one of the questions that I had for you was, you know when they're in the car mm. and he takes out his glasses, mm. he takes out his contacts when they're yeah. about to get tested. Why did mm. he do that? Because they would have seen that that's what the light was for. They I imagine it's to check if it's contacts. Oh, okay. yeah. Also, um, have you ever worn contacts? No. You can't just rub them and they fall out. They're these fucking are fu- hard these to are get These are future out. contacts, man. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, listeners, if you don't remember the scene, he like literally rubs his eyes very discreetly and both his contacts fall out. Yeah. I've used contacts a couple of times, but I'm not a... <laughs> I don't use them every day, so maybe I don't know. Yeah, Maybe no. once you use them every day, you can just like rub your eyes and make them fall out yes that is a bit unbelievable i my issue with that was so when he takes out his contacts he is blind, blind. so you, blind you get to see like what his point of view is while he's trying to cross a road yep. and you can't see it's shit. really blurry you just see the headlights essentially what's going to happen when he goes to space when he's up there he's going to need to see what he's doing he had there. his contacts in didn't he but he like has his contacts when he's at work yeah but has he just got that one pair of contacts and he's going to leave them in the yeah, whole year I think so yeah where every other day he's been putting in a new set. Maybe he packed some glasses. Because I hope once, so. once he's up there, he's like, fuck it, what are they going to do? Yeah, actually, I wear glasses. But then they're all going to freak out. Because, like, the other people on that mission are like, have been born to think that anyone who's invalid is completely incapable. Yeah. I am worried about his future. <laughs> Gattaca 2. Yeah. What happens in space? Yes, that was an issue I couldn't sit with and also like i just wouldn't he just runs out in front of these cars whatever he's a risk taker and then this uh, this is just a little um continuity error that maybe i got wrong but in the narration at the start of the film he goes this is uh, that was the last time my brother and i swam together and that was Mm -hmm. when they were young boys still and but but right before he had left home and he beats his brother and his brother almost drowns but that's not the last time they swim together because they swim together at the end of the film. But he was giving the narration just as before, he'd seen the body. Like, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So that's yeah. I I've had that issue brought up before. Yeah. Talking to people about this film. 
And I clarified because yeah. I, I know everything. Yeah. Which, speaking of issues that people have brought up before, the big one that always seems to surface on the internet, and I can't, I remember, and if any of the listeners can remember the explanation, because I think I read one once. Why is there a turn on the fire switch inside the incinerator? Why does that exist? Oh. Why can you turn on incinerator? Surely it's so just the same. So this is actually ties in nicely to my last point oh, yeah. because my last point is how is this ending okay for Eugene? Mm. So essentially, what happens in the end is that the Ethan Hawke character flies off into to for Titus a year. for a year, gets to live his life, whatever, gets to live his dream, and the Jude Law character, who's you know this, he's in a wheelchair, he. Um, is a booze hound, whatever. He writes him a letter that just says, like, enjoy your travels, I'm going travelling too. No, he just says it to him, doesn't yeah. he? He just says, he says, like, oh, he's made... F- Let me backtrack. He's essentially, as a goodbye present, he gives supplies to last him a lifetime, essentially. Yeah. So heaps and heaps of blood. He's heaps been storing up after... Yeah. He's been storing up day after day after day. So blood that only lasts 42 days, by the way. Does it really? <laughs> Not in the future. This is future <laughs> blood, Paul. It's been genetically engineered yep. to last. So Jude Law is like, well, what about you? Like, how come you're not going to be here when I get back? No, sorry. Ethan Hawke's character is like, what about you? How come you're not going to be here when I get back? And Jude Law's character is like, oh, I'm going traveling too. Then we see like a cross-cutting sequence of Ethan Hawke's character getting into the spaceship. There's like flames everywhere as he's like shooting off into space. Great. At the same time, we see Jude Law pulling himself by his arms into the incinerator. So there's an incinerator there because every morning Ethan hawk would scrub off all his dead skin cells and hair and stuff and then incinerate it to make sure it didn't exist so yeah yeah, that's why they've got an incinerator it's not just like but maybe in the future everyone does yeah yeah so he crawls into the incinerator and burns himself Mm. with this switch that's on the inside inside. and i think this is one that always sort of pops up in meme form being like why was that the design feature and i think someone brought it up for some reason anyway look it up i forgot to look it up before the podcast so (laughs) <laughs> but it is it is a stupid thing. Oh yeah. You know. Like what Yeah. Anyway, they had to do something to make yeah. it work. But my question is, how did they, how did they think that was an okay ending? Like how is that because they make it out to be like it's he's meeting Heroes, his dreams yeah. and he's like going off into the future, he's going travelling in his mind by mm. killing himself. Like no, it's tragic. It's, it's really, awful. Yeah. He should have got help somehow. Like what is it yeah. saying that his life isn't worth living if he's not supplying just because That's he's it. in a wheelchair. Like, I don't know. Like, it was just... But maybe it's, like, talking about how... Which is the thing of the movie as a whole, which is my other point that I wanted to come back to, which is that duality of the arrogance and the disappointment of expectations, which is kind of, I guess, what the movie is about. It's about the expectations of yourself set by your genes and what happens when you are successful and what happens when you are not successful because into what you're... What does it say? Well, they say meeting your possibilities or mm. exceeding. They, they say you can't exceed your potential. It's meeting your potential because your potential is all that you can, are able to meet. Yeah. Whereas Ethan Hawke's character is like exceeding, in quotation marks, his potential because his potential is set in his genes. And Jude Law character hasn't even met his potential because he got silver in this swimming contest when he was genetically engineered to become silver. So overall, I think that scene with him taking his life is probably... I don't know, they made it down to seem romantic and whatever, but it's yeah. just sad and I, it's about society as a whole. That's it. I, I, I still think it fits in with the film itself. Yeah. Just the way it was shot kind of yeah. makes it seem a bit... I think it trivialises a, a bit more. But I, I think that's what the theme I get from his suicide is this idea that 
he's still living in that sort of valid versus invalid world as much as he's dealt with. Yes, 100%. And he sees now every human is designed with a purpose. Yeah. And humans are just purpose-built. There's nothing, there's no other reason except for what you've been designed for, which I think is also touched on when you, they go to this piano concert at one stage and there's a pianist with um, extra fingers. Six fingers on each hand. Yeah. And Irene talks about the fact that you can't play that music without six fingers. So therefore this pianist was designed to play this piece of music yep. Jerome was designed to do this and he'd found purpose in uh, Vincent but he very much says my purpose is done I'm done yeah and I think it's more of a comment on that so yeah. that, like if we decide to genetically engineer everyone for a purpose then this what is, is their life end. beyond yeah. that purpose yeah it's, yeah 100% it's, it's, it's like that the disappointment of not meeting your expectations yeah of not meeting the expectations set out for you or even that idea of sort of I've finished life now like <laughs> if you know you're you're designed to be a gymnast at 19 when you turn 20. You break According to legs. sort of... Well, but like according to Gattaca sort of logic, it's sort of like, well, actually, you've done your purpose now. Yeah. Your life is shit from now, yeah. so you might as well just die. You know? Yeah. So I think it's sort of saying... Oh, 100% I think it's commenting on that. Yeah. yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the scary bit of it. It's that by removing any sort of possibility in your life, then... Yeah. Not just for the invalids, for the valids As too. Well, sort of yeah. Saying. Yeah. It's like this isn't working out for anyone. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Your job's to win a gold medal. Even when you win the gold medal, well, then you're done. What are you doing? Yeah. What's next? Yeah. yeah. What's next? Um, exactly. West Wing reference. <laughs> um, that's it for my notes, I think. Yeah. I only had one more. Oh, I actually had a couple more. I, just, I kept on writing. I want to work at Gattaca. <laughs> I want to live in the Gattaca house. I just want everything to look like, oh man, that house is amazing. But how? How? I don't want to work at Gattaca. Oh no, not like with like a job. Tiny little pods. But just the way it looks is oh, amazing. Yeah. Like you the know, architecture. I just, I just want to walk in there, <laughs> and I want to live. That the house is so beautiful. Yeah. Even the science labs and stuff. You know, I just I just want to live there. I want to. Yeah. And I think that opens up too. So Andrew Nicole, I guess he's other most famous work is the writer of the Truman Show which oh, yeah. also plays along this sort of timeless aesthetic sort yep. of like future past all at the same where time where are we yeah yeah and he's also brought it up he did that Justin Timberlake one uh, in time in time yeah. oh really and it's the same sort of aesthetic so yeah it is it's, right. it's a mood that he captures so well because yeah. I know Truman Show which we'll get to eventually I think both of us own that one I don't own that oh, okay cool there's me then I borrowed yours a oh, lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's PG oh, and it I is. can show it to my innards there's something about that aesthetic that draws you in I think and yeah if it's done right yes it can be done shithouse because I think it, it helps you yeah. it helps you with the timelessness because we are not in that time so we don't associate with that yeah. time if it was in the present if things were the clothing and that was of the present, it wouldn't feel as timeless, I think. And it allows a film not to date as poorly as well. Yeah, that's like, true. You, because it yeah. was never sort of... It was in the future, but it didn't tell you what the future was. Yeah, that's very true. And I think that's something... But it also builds a, a dreamlike quality to the to the film, yeah. which I think is helped by the cinematography yeah. a thousand percent. Yeah. But it really does. It puts you into this realm that's outside-inside reality. It's yeah. not fantastic, but it's not real yeah you know, it gives you this dreamlike state which is just a pleasure to watch yeah there's a couple of films that do that well i think that combination of futuristics but not in your face like flying cars mm. space da, 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 yeah. da. um the other one is like children of men i think does that really well yeah yeah and it's, it's a similar aesthetic yeah um, so that's a great part about this film i always have to think about the pacing of this film too because it's one of the ones that for some reason every time i go to watch it i think 
oh yeah, Gattaca, it's a good film, but it does drag a little. And then you watch it and you're no, it doesn't. I don't find it, it drags. It is perfectly How paced. How long does it go for? And for something that really does rely for the first hour on um, a voiceover, which sometimes can feel a bit ugh. It goes for two hours and 35 minutes. That's a long yeah. time. Yeah. It didn't feel that long. Not at all. <clears throat> Not like Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah, hey, we're not going to start that off. Or ever after for you. <laughs> yes, exactly. But something that uses voiceover, it uses it incredibly well to cram a lot yes. of exposition in, but yes. not in a quick, we have to do exposition kind yeah. of way. Yeah. It, it divides the film, I guess, into what feels like an intro and the bulk of the film, but really it's two halves. Yes. Yeah. The first half is that um, voiceover from Ethan Hawke being yeah. like, Catching up so anyway, yeah. this is the world now. Yeah. And also, yeah. I'm not Jerome. Yeah. Back to the murder. I think part of that is because it's so aesthetically pleasing. Because yeah, you, how can you get it. bored when you are looking at something so beautiful on screen? All the shots are so well mm. composed and shot and... You know, having the ocean as the backdrop to it adds some kind of dramatic element that would have been missing mm. if it hadn't been like that, which is a weird thing to say, but I feel like it really adds something to it. And having that, I just think that that's why it's not as boring as well, because you everything is so eye-catching and so engaging. You don't really need a story in quotation marks. No, or fully developed female characters. <laughs> <laughs> when do you ever need those, Paul? Come on. I did also want to mention that it was produced by Danny DeVito. Yes, I saw that. Which... How weird. How weird. Apparently he's like one of the good guys in Hollywood, by the way. Oh, I can't Um, believe that. Because he was really good friends with and helped um, Mara, the girl who played Matilda. Matilda. Yeah. Did you read her um, autobiography? No, did you? Uh, My wife just did. Oh, um, awesome. And loved it. And that's where I found out a lot of this stuff. Like Danny DeVito's just genuinely trying to help people out. Yeah, he was like... A parental figure for her because he played obviously the evil dad on yeah. Matilda <laughs> and she played Matilda and I think he was good at protecting her is that right like yeah I, yeah like because um, she was quite young and being young in Hollywood at that time was pretty dangerous as we saw from like Drew Barrymore's experiences and a whole lot of other young people who went through horrific stuff uh that's it I didn't have much more to talk about with Gattaca Look, me neither, but I'm going to throw some Gattaca essay questions at you. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I love this. It's a game. (laughs) All right, this is from the 2005 exam. This is VCAR? VCAR. Yep. You've done this. You've done done VCE. You're prepped for this. That's it, yeah. So VCAR is the Victorian curriculum Mm. folk. And assessment authority. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. They write exams. People who write the exams for our year 12s, final year of school. Okay, I'm ready for this. Throw me a question. All right, ready. Gattaca demonstrates that it is better for a society to value the imperfect individuals than to seek genetic excellence. Discuss. Mm. Gattaca argues that it is better to... Like, accept the imperfect individual. So, yeah. be like, yes. Well, look, I can, I can say that's a good question because it, it's sort of... Well, you what a politician's answer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm asking for a yes <laughs> or no. on the spot. I thought this would be so easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you told English um, is not easy. N- Value the imperfect over... Well, yeah, I guess it does argue that. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I think that's true. Yeah, 100%. Yep. It's like but, saying it's better for society to accept yeah. our imperfections, don't genetically modify everything to be perfect, because yeah. when we do, shit is terrible. Yes. Right. Well, that was a real struggle. I know. That was so <laughs> <It> terrible. <laughs> threw me off. I've got one more. Yeah. Oh, no, that's the same question. Okay. Right, there was only one question. Oh, no. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Was that a fun game or are you over it? Uh, I thought it could have been more fun. I wish I was wittier with my <laughs> responses. 
Um, well, look, I think that's all I've got too. I was going to look up some weirdly genetically modified things. In 2007, South Korean scientists altered cat's DNA to make it glow in the dark. Wow. That's cruel. That does seem cruel. I don't, think, I don't think Peggy would like that. No. No. I think she'd be against it. I think um, she'd be firmly against it as well. Yes. But we, we all hear, we all remember, like, what was the, like, Dolly the Sheep? Dolly the Sheep that was, like, was a, a clone, yeah. yeah. And I wish I did know more about this stuff. I know the biology teacher at my school um, is really into this whole idea of gene editing. And yep. I guess we're at sort of a point at the moment where it's more realistic than ever. And it's, you know, it is the debate. It's yeah. the sort of, if you could get rid of cancer from every baby, would you do it? But then, where do you? Can you identify cancer that early? Draw the line. Well, no, it's more of a theoretical discussion. Oh. You're sort of saying, you know, if we could, if we could cure disease, yes. Would you want to edit it out of every baby? And you go, yes. And then you go, and also, wouldn't you want them to be healthy? Yeah. Wouldn't you want to, like, you know, yeah. all this sort of yeah. stuff? It's that like you'd a, keep... it's one of those uh, Rolling Stone debate kind of things. Like, yeah. once you do this, you do that. Yeah. You do that. You do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully Paul will die before it becomes reality. So Oh, I'm sure we will. <laughs> we aren't we're not perfectly genetically yes. engineered, so So oh actually I forgot to talk about a couple of things I wanted to talk about with this film, I guess was in my life. The best thing best memory I have of this movie is um I went and saw a Secret Cinema for this film. Oh, I don't know what that is. So Secret Cinema is this thing where you get uh, tickets to it. You don't know what the movie is. You turn up and it's all like in character. Immersive? Like underground yeah. cinema? Un- yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. underground cinema. Yeah, underground cinema um, of this film. And it was it was a great experience. Yeah, cool. You go in there and there's so people. everyone was like all in their 50s attire. Yeah. Ooh, that's... And Do they tell you to wear that yeah. kind of wardrobe? Wardrobe? Yeah. That kind of costuming, yeah. Exactly. And um, I, I was there with my wife and we got selected for this group and then we had to go walk on treadmills cool. for a while. Treadmills with no handles. Yeah. Stresses and then me out. We got pulled aside by this person who's like, I need a hair sample. Can you get me a hair sample oh. from from a valid? And, you know, yeah. And then... Cause and then my, you have to guess what the movie is. Yeah, that's it. And because my brother was there too. Yeah. And we'd both guessed Gattaca. Yeah. I thought I was so smart when I guessed Gattaca. I was like... I think it's going to be Gattaca. He's like, yeah, it's clearly like oh. they've, they've mentioned <laughs> going to Titan and... Yeah. <laughs> um, Ballads I want to go. And, yeah. Do you want to go? I've never been. Oh yeah, we should definitely. Okay, it's um, it's a really good night. Yeah. Yeah. But do you want to keep the film? To be honest with you, I haven't thought about it until you asked me that question, um, <laughs> which is surprising because you know I should have thought about it. Not available on stand on Netflix, but on SBS on demand oh, for cool. another year, at least. Oh, very good. Um, look, I think I'm probably going to get rid of it. Yeah. I'm probably never going to watch it again. Um, There's no special features on this disc. So I'm pretty happy to let it go. I, I think that's fair enough. Also, there's a joke between me and my friends with Gattaca because it was studied so much at my school for across a range of subjects. Yeah. I just remember my friend Jesse turned to me. He was like, the other class is studying Gattaca. I don't know why you'd study Gattaca. It just seems weird because it's the film that's on Channel 10 every Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they yeah. studied it. Because yeah. do you know how fucking hard it is to get kids to like read or watch something you want them to yeah. study? If this film is on every week, there's more chance they're going to see it. But it is one of those ones that seems to just pop up on TV more than it... You know, You know, there's a couple I of films really that always seem to be honest. on TV. Harry Potter? Yeah, Harry Potter is one yeah. of them. Especially Harry Potter... Um, oh... The one after the Goblet of Fire, Order of the Phoenix. Right. That always seems to be like, oh, there's a Harry Potter on. Oh, it's Order of the Phoenix again. Oh. Um, I don't know. And maybe that's like uh, a bias I have now. Like, maybe you know, yeah. you're just looking out for it. Yeah. Um, but Gattaca always seemed to be like, 
the Channel 10 movie. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever was on, followed by Gattaca. Yeah. <laughs> oh, again. Yeah, so with that in mind, I don't think I will keep it. Although I did enjoy it. But am I ever going to watch it again? I don't think so. And if I, I'm sure I'll be able to find it somewhere. But I feel and like... It's one of those ones I think you get joy from it also sort of randomly popping up. Yeah, so. you're like, oh, it's this one. Yeah, but you might not... Exactly my feelings with, I guess, Reservoir Dogs that I was yeah. like, I don't actually want to be able to pull it out at any stage, yeah. but you know, I'll still watch it if it pops up. I'm just thinking, would it be good for me to keep in terms of having to watch it for school one time? Well, that's just it. I'd say donate it to a high school would be yeah. the way to go with it. But I don't think people... Well, high schools don't really have DVDs anymore. No, you're right, actually. No, actually, that's know. the thing. It's a, it's a dead medium, isn't it? So That's, <laughs> that's why we're getting rid <laughs> <Yeah>. of them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, goodbye to Gattaca then. <sighs> um, I'll fire up the old incinerator. <laughs> no, I'm not going to... I'll just donate that to the op shop, I think. Yes. Although Laura will tell me that I haven't donated any yet. Really? And I need to donate them. Um, I've still got Spider-Man right here just because... People need to make sure that they rate and review us, Beck. Oh, do they? Because they could win themselves. Well, kind of win. They will be sent <laughs> one of these excellent postcards that I'm oh, just getting out they're for actually display. so glossy. Again, no, that, that was actually an art book. Oh. There we go. Oh, they're quite big. They're still glossy. Mmm. Wow. I'm holding them up. You can't see them. but I can. Beck and can. they are spectacular. Oh, yes. If no one else does it, I might just make up a profile name. Yeah. And do it myself. Because we'd love you to rate and review. We'd love you to get in contact with us over Twitter, email, or Instagram. All of them at DVD Clutter. That's D V D E C L U T T E R. Yep. Woohoo! Um, and yeah, if you leave us a review on iTunes and yep. a rating of whatever you like, we're not going to. Bully you into five stars. But if it's half a star, I'm not sending you a postcard. (laughs) (laughs) If it's half a star, you have to give us constructive criticism. Yeah, okay, good, fine, yeah. And you get half a postcard. We'll send you half a one. (laughs) (laughs) We'll send you the Doc Ock one. I like that one. Yeah, actually, that was probably the best one. Yeah, it's the darkest. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, And have a great week Mm. until next week when we'll see you again. Hopefully I'll be feeling better. Yes. So we will see you next week. And thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye. I think I'm I'm dying. (laughs) Mm. My jeans aren't strong enough.